0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top player, Joining us is the All-Star.
1: Matt Chapman. with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend.
0: Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered. Today, you're going to hear Jim Leland, Robbie Grossman, and Ned Coletti. Jim Leland, a World Series champion, a three-time manager of the year. We love having smoking Jim on the program. One of the best managers of his time. Here's Jim Leland. He's a World Series champion. He's a three-time manager of the year. He's one of the best managers we've ever seen in the game of baseball. Jim Leland is with us once again. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Ah, well, you know, the A's got off to a slow start and got hot. So, you know, you start out 0-6, Jim, people start to panic.
2: Well, I'm sure they do, but they got a pretty good track record there, and they got one of the best managers in the game, so... And, uh, you know, things will work out for them. They'll get things straightened out. They've been playing better. And, uh, you know, it's a long season. Hopefully it's going to be a real long season this year that we'll get the full complement of 162.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of, of Bob Melvin, we've been talking about this a lot, and and you can go back to your days as a manager You know, when you have Billy Bean that's been here for so long and David Force with him, our general manager, and now Bob is the longest tenured manager with one team, just talk about how continuity allows this team year in, year out to keep winning.
2: Well, I think that's a great point. They obviously have a good communication. They've been a good team for a long time. I think there's a certain understanding there that they have and they go out and get the right player. They plug in the right player at the right time. Uh, bringing up guys from their system and uh, they know how to make the move at the right time. They've done that very well. And in my opinion, nobody does it better on the field than Bob Melvin.
0: Yeah. And he's just a super guy and and a great communicator. How about though Detroit are are, are, you got, you got to be pleased to be 500 and have the weekend you just had in Houston. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm really happy about so far the way things have started. I know AJ has to be, you know, we, we, uh, Everybody says, well, you know, it's early and, you know, they play. but, you know, actually we've played Cleveland, uh, Minnesota, Houston. I mean, those are all good teams and supposed to be good teams for sure. So it's not like we've had any uh, easy type schedule. You know, we just went into Houston and won three straight. So after losing three straight in Cleveland, so uh, the Tigers are playing good. They're a different looking group. Uh, there's a little more seniority in the lineup at times. Uh and not that they're that old, but you get a guy like Nunez that come in and hit a couple home runs, and you got Ramos catching. He's hit. He was leading the league in home runs until a day ago, I think. So, you know, there's a little more veteran presence. Mazzaro now is over there, and I think it's uh, solidified their team a little bit with some very, very good young pitching.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. This Akil Badu kid being a, a Rule 5 pick, never playing above A ball – I mean, he's one of the best stories we've seen in a long time. How much fun has it been watching him in this opposite field power that he has?
2: Well, it's been great. You know, in spring training, when they were talking about him and, you know, talking about, you know, make the club, don't make the club. We kept watching him. He kept, you know, he kept doing something every day to earn his spot on the roster, which he obviously did. But the thing I noticed is when they asked me about him in spring training, I said the thing that's impressed me the most, at that time, I think we were probably two and a half, three weeks into spring training – He's only swung on one bad pitch in spring training. He swung in a high fastball and Braden it against the Pirates. That's the only bad pitch he really swung at spring training. That's awful good discipline for a kid that never played higher than A-ball. <laughs> Actually, it's good discipline for anybody. So uh, that's the thing that really impressed me. He really tracks the ball well. Uh, he doesn't swing in a lot of a lot of bad pitches, obviously. And that's one of the reasons I felt like, you know, he's got a chance uh, you know, to do something, not thinking that he'd play that much, and obviously, I never predicted that he would do something like he's done. That'd be foolish. But uh, you know, he's he's a keeper. He's a he's a Rule Five that certainly is worth keeping, and he's he's earning his keep right now. And and we'll see how it plays out the rest of the year.
0: You know, what's amazing about that, Jim, is you know, it's not like they had a minor league season last year. I mean, the fact that he's never played above A ball and basically lost a year, and he's now in the big leagues. I don't know if we – I mean, obviously, we've never played through a pandemic like they did last year, but, I mean, to think that hasn't had a whole lot of time in the last, I don't know, year and a half, and the way he's competing at the big league level is just – it's insane.
2: No, so far, you know, it's been one of the great stories of good scouting and good reporting. I'm sure analytics people were involved in it too, but it's good scouting that goes back to when this kid was a high pick. Uh, At one time, I think he was number two pick in Minnesota – He's a high school kid. It wasn't really uh, as big and strong as he is now. He's really grown up, and it's just a good job of scouting. And they uh, they recommended it, and Alavilla went through with it, and took a chance, and certainly so far so good, more than good so far.
0: What have you thought so far about the, these young pitch these young pitchers? We just got to see Casey Mize. I mean, these are guys that we've been hearing about for for a few years, knowing that at some point they were going to come up and help the big club.
2: Yeah, they're still a little rough around the edges, don't get me wrong, but I think Chris Fetter's doing it. Our new pitching coach is doing a good job with them. Uh, you know, you, you got to baby those young starters along. you got to, you know, get them in, get them out. A little success, get them out. You know, a little more success, keep them in a little longer. You know, it's, it's you, you just have to mature those kids. And th- there's going to be some bumps and bruises yet, but they're the real deals. And at some point, they're going to turn into really good major league pitchers. And we just hope that it's, it's you know, sooner rather than later
0: how much easier is it for you to be a special assistant versus being the manager?
2: Well, I love being a manager. I mean, you know, age caught up with me, but I love being a manager because you're, you're in the action all the time, you know, and and as a a special assistant, you, it's it's action, but it's a different type of action. So uh, I love doing it. I go to spring training I watch all the games and evaluate and give my opinion if I'm asked, but I stay out of the way. We have an outstanding manager in AJ Hinch and, uh, he ran a really, really, really good spring training camp. I was very impressed with it. So, uh, you know, I spent some time obviously talking to alavilla and we talk a lot of baseball. And, uh, you know, I give my opinion if I'm asked, but for the most part I stay out of the way unless I'm asked.
0: Well, so I think it's great for someone like you who's been in this professional baseball for so long. It, it, it keeps you in the game, the game that you love.
2: Yeah, it, it does. I, I actually love it. I'm actually going to – Toledo on Tuesday to to our alternate site, and I'm going to watch uh, four games against the Pirates AAA team. You know the season hasn't started yet, but they have some games uh, prior to the season starting. So I'm going up to look at the guys at the alternate site for four straight days, and I'll report to Al, you know what I see, and you know if they need somebody, maybe recommend to call somebody up that looks good or whatever. And so you know it's good, and I go to Erie and Toledo during the season, watch our AA and AAA club, so you know, it keeps you going a little bit, but it's not, you know, it's not that hectic pace that you had when you were a manager.
0: Well, how do you feel about your old buddy, Tony Larusa being back with the Chicago White Sox?
2: Well, I think it's great. I mean, you know, we, we both kind of done some work for the commissioner and then he he worked for a couple of teams, but he, he he wanted to be in on the action. I mean, he just, he just felt like sitting up there, it was watching. It was just, you know, too much for him. He he just was so used to being in a dugout and being involved in decisions and everything that, you know, he, that's that's what he wants to do. I'm more than happy for him. I mean, we're the same age. I think Tony's a month or so older than I am. So, you know, he's got a lot of energy as I do, but I don't have the energy to travel around all that pace in, anymore. Tony does, and he's really into it. They're struggling a little bit, right around 500. I just watched their game; they got beat today. But uh yeah, he loves it. I think it's great. I think it's great for baseball. And, He's a trooper, and they're, they're, the White Sox are going to get everything he's got. There's no question about it.
0: You know, we've had Tony on quite a bit on the show, obviously with his connection with the A's. And when people are saying, I don't know if this is going to be a good move, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle these young players – and, and I always said, Jim, I said, for God's sakes, this guy's managed some of the biggest egos from Ricky Henderson, Jose Canseco, Dave Parker, Dennis Eckersley, you know, McGuire, Pool holes. I, I thought it was ridiculous when, when people thought he wouldn't be able to, 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 to communicate with this generation's players.
2: Well, I agree with you 100%. I, you know, that uh, if I was managing today, that would not be a problem for me. It's just dealing with people. You treat people like they're supposed to be treated. You have a good relationship with people. Uh, I think I think young players like discipline. To be honest with you, I think they search for it. I think they actually want it. Although sometimes egos maybe not let them let them admit that. But I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, what's what is it getting along with people? I don't I don't understand where the age factor has anything to do with that. And uh, Tony's going to handle these guys as good as anybody.
0: You know, if the commissioner's office called you and said, Jim. How do we get more balls in play? Because the three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, and walks, it's up again at a record pace. And there's so many balls not being put in play. we got a ton of shifting going on. So if the commissioner called you and said, how do we speed this game up and make this game more entertaining? What what, what would you say? Well,
2: I would say this. I would say two things. I would say that, first of all, it's not the pitchers normally that slow the game down it's the hitters. The first thing I would do is say get the hitters in the batters box and enforce it. In other words, you hit a ground ball to shortstop. The guy's in the undeck circle. Why isn't he walking the home plate? Something's going to happen. He's over there taking the donut off, pounding the bat, can't get the donut off, waiting for their walk-up music. It takes a lot of time. You get a pop-up to the infield. Why is the hit- next hitter not walking the home plate? That would speed up the game more than anything. It's so simple, in my opinion. That's one thing that would speed up the game. You know, the other thing is, I believe, personally, that in every lineup in the big leagues, there's several guys. I'm not talking about the real big boys, the real great hitters. I'm not talking about them. But in every lineup, there's a number of players that with runners in scoring position in third base and less than two outs, they need to go into a two-strike approach from the first pitch on, not wait till they get two-strike. In fact, a lot of these modern hitting stuff doesn't, belong in it, doesn't believe in a two-strike approach. I totally disagree with that. They need to go in a two-strike approach from the first pitch on to make sure they put the ball in play. How many times have you seen the infield back, the guy strikes out, where a ground ball in the second inning, which could be a big run later on, he strikes out instead of hitting the ground ball to short and getting thrown out of first, but the run trots home. Or a sacrifice fly. I mean, to me, it, it's it, it's a simple tactic that should be used. I know a lot of the new thinking on hitting. Uh, they don't really believe in that. Well, I totally disagree with well, think I think everybody should have both guys. What? Yeah,
0: you, you, you're dead I'm on. Sorry? You're dead on. And I and I was, I, you know, during COVID, we we're watching all these classic games. And I remember watching the Bucky Dent game and here Reggie Jackson with the Yankees steps up. I mean, obviously, one of the great power hitters of his time. And he was still hitting. He struck out a ton, but he was still hitting around 280. And I watched in that game. He got two strikes. Even Reggie Jackson choked up and had a two strike approach.
2: I'm not saying exactly what the two-strike two approach should be for the hitter. I'm not telling them what they have to do, but they all need to have something. Whatever their two-strike approach is, it should be, whether they spread out a little bit, whether they choke up, whatever it is they want to do, that's that's their business. But everybody, in my opinion, most guys should have one. You know, if, arguably Barry Von has hit more home runs than anybody. So choking up has nothing to do with the power, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So I just think that – I think there's too many guys – that aren't capable of hitting home runs, that are trying to hit them. And they're swinging out of their tail on the first pitch on. They're swinging the sliders off the plate. They're not controlling the strike zone at all. And they're swinging at the bad balls. And if you look at most strikeouts, the hitters swung at least one bad pitch, in a lot of cases, two. That's just the way it is. I watch game after game, night after night. And I know the Tigers a couple years ago, we swung out of the strike zone more than any team in baseball. And we struck out. And... So I think there is something you can do about it. I'm not arguing with the new theories about hitting. I, I'm not a hitting guy. I don't know much about hitting, but I do know something about results. And when I see general managers up there pounding their fists because the guy's on third and a guy strikes out and they didn't get an easy run home, they're upset about it, but we don't really do a lot about it. So I, I think shame on us. I mean, I, I, I really truly believe that that's a way to put more balls in play and it's a, it's, it's it's a better way to win games it's that simple
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it is always an honor to have you on the program best of luck to wrestle away with the tigers be safe be well and let's talk later on in the season
2: all right thank you for having me
0: from one tiger to another robbie grossman returned to the coliseum as a detroit tiger and it was wonderful to catch up with robbie he was always one of our favorites it's great to hear from you. How is everything starting the season with the Detroit Tigers?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, it's it's good to hear a familiar voice. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of weird being in the Coliseum on the other side. But, hey, I'm going to make the best of it.
0: Well, I mean, obviously you're missed, you know, uh, Ace fans loved you and what you did for the green and gold and, and, you know, things always change, but I think you're, you're going to hear it from fans, especially last night and in the, in the next three days, you know, great to have you back.
3: Yeah, it was, it was great to see some familiar faces yesterday and, uh, be back in the stadium. Um, like I said, it's just a little different being on the other side, but I've, I've, I've been on the other side before and, uh, hey, this is, this is where it's at, and I'm going to make the best
0: of it. So what is it like playing for the Tigers right now? It, lo- it looks like you have some veteran players, but definitely you got a lot of young players.
3: You're exactly right. Um, there's a lot of young guys over here, very talented young guys, and they're uh, learning how to play the game at this level, and uh, excited to be a part of this, and excited to be uh, a Detroit Tiger and, and uh, what comes with it, and excited for uh, what's, what's, what the future holds.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you you you're at a point in your career you you you're that veteran guy now. What's that like with the younger players, where I'm sure they're coming up to you and, and trying to learn the game?
3: Yeah, um, it's a different situation that I've been in a couple last couple of years, but it's uh just um just trying to show them how to play at this level and what what it means to be a professional and uh and day in and day out and and playing the best game in the world.
0: And, you know, I mean, you got some really talented young arms, and I can't wait to see Casey Mize on Saturday. Just talk about some of these young pitchers and just how talented they are.
3: I mean, just even in spring training, um, some of the guys that are rolling out there that are 21, 22, 23 years old, I was like, wow, um, this thing could turn really fast. Uh, They have some really young, talented players, and and at this point it's just getting the experience at this level.
0: And what that mean for you guys to go in and sweep Houston? That had to be huge for these guys.
3: It, it was great. It was huge because uh, it, it it was even better because of how we responded after losing three in a row to Cleveland. So uh, for us to respond like that shows what kind of guys we have in this clubhouse, and uh, it, it was exciting to be a part of.
0: You know, I've known I know you've known A.J. Hinch for years. What's it mm-hmm. like playing for him again now that what he's gone through – is he kind of a change? Is he the same guy? What's it like playing for him?
3: Uh, yeah, like you said, I had a relationship with him before, but uh, I wasn't, I'm was i not the same player I was when he had me, and he's not the same manager as he was when I had him. I, I love playing for him. He's a great man, great leader. Um, just looking forward to uh, being a part of this going forward and, and, and being a Detroit Tiger.
0: You know, I, I, I got to think he is a really a good guy for the job because obviously – He's, he's been through situations where he, he had a veteran-type club in Arizona. He went through the rebuild in Houston, and he's been through the championship years of Houston. Do, do you think he's the perfect guy for the job because he's been through that rebuild and dealing with the young guys leading them to success?
3: Absolutely. Um, like you said, he's, he's had a lot of experience, and he's been in the situation before that we're in here. And um, just looking forward to being a part of this and uh, and turning this thing around.
0: Well, you got to see it last night, and I'm sure you're not surprised. But And I know you've been friends with him for years. To see Jed Lowry back with the A's and healthy and absolutely killing it. I mean, l- the last six games, he's hitting like four f- – 459 with like 11 RBIs. Uh, and I know you've worked out with him for years. You're probably not too shocked, but how impressed? He hasn't played in two years, and Jed looks like the same Jed that was back here in Oakland.
3: I mean, I'm so happy for him. Um, what he went through the last couple of years, and and I know how hard that was on him, and, and just, just missing being be able to come out and play. And uh, I'm so happy for him. I couldn't be more excited for him. I was so excited when he Signed back with the A's, that's perfect for you, man. And, uh, I just hope he takes He, uh, pulls off for the next couple of days, but, uh, I'm rooting for him no matter what.
0: Well, yeah, isn't it strange everywhere else he goes, he can't stay healthy and it's, uh, it's truly unfortunate, you know, cause we were rooting for him when he left here and, and signed that deal with the Mets. I mean, he deserved it. He earned it, but it's like, no matter where he goes, it's just not the same and he comes back to Oakland and then all of a sudden he's healthy and he, 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 he plays the best baseball of his career. I mean, how do you, is, is there any way to even explain that?
3: I, I don't know. Um, you don't have to ask him. It, it almost looks like a just a comfortability thing. And, uh, he knows what to expect over here. He's always the, the pro in every situation that you can throw at him, And, uh, it's, uh, it it's, it just makes me smile to see him uh, having success again.
0: You know, one thing that uh, we talk with you and Jed about is switch hitting and how tough yeah. it is. And to be able to maintain your swing on the left side and the right side, if you could tell our audience just how tough it is and how much work you got to put in versus someone who just hits right-handed <laughs> or left-handed.
3: Uh, it's, a, it's a dying, the dying art. And uh, I'm, I love to do it. Uh, it's challenging every day. I couldn't ask for more um, out of a profession. Um, I uh, it's it's very it's a very uh, challenging thing to do. Hit from both sides of the plate, but luckily I have guys like Jed Lowry in the offseason that I get to lean on and ask questions and try to soak up information. And that's uh, that's. You, you, there's only so many of us left.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of weird. It, it is, it as you said, it is a dying art. Um, when, when, when you think about your, 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 two swings, are they the same swing or are your left and right different?
3: I try to make them the same. I try to, uh, replicate from both sides so I can feel what I'm doing on both sides, but, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough gig, but, uh, I, 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 I love to do it. Um, i uh love the challenge every day and uh i come ask for more
0: is there one side that you work on more or you or do you do it equally
3: i try to do equally but um different weeks call for different different processes day to day um who we're facing there's a lot that goes into it and that's just another part of the challenge that uh i really uh i really enjoy
0: you know the one thing that i always like is that you know what the other manager, the way he's trying to manage and how they're going to bring in pitchers, is someone like you comes up and it's like, uh oh, you know, you, you can't, you can't do that. Well, I'm going to bring the lefty into faith, the lefty or the righty or the right. That's got to make it more valuable for you, right? Knowing that the other man, manager can't match up against you.
3: A hundred percent, and we're lucky enough to have a few guys over here that switch it. and uh, and it uh, just makes the. Uh, makes it more challenging for them to match up on us.
0: And I got to think watching this Akil Badu show, you know, when we first saw what he was doing, I mean, a rule five pick has never played above a ball and first pitch he sees, he hits it out and he's hitting a great, a grand slam. He's got a walk off. Just what, what, what has it been watched? Like what's it been like watching this kid get off to a historic start?
3: I mean, it's been great. Um, but the thing is, none of us over here are really surprised because it was like this from the day one we of spring training. Um, he's a great kid. He puts in the work. He, he works hard. He uh, and he's seen results right away. And and um, you don't see that very often. But it's happening for him. And, and I'm so happy to be on the part be on a team with him.
0: Well, I gotta tell you, it, it, it's great to hear your voice. Continued success. Good luck this year with Detroit, and hopefully we'll talk to you later on during the season. Be well and be safe.
3: For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Chris, and uh, thanks for all the kind words, and uh, I'll see you soon.
0: Robbie is a really good guy, and we're rooting for him in Detroit. Also another good guy, and we love having him on the program, former general manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was assistant GM for the Giants. He's now a scout for the Sharks. Uh, been, been, I've had him on my programs for years, and he's now do, also doing television for the L.A. Dodgers. Here is Ned Coletti. How are you, Ned?
1: I'm doing fine. How you been?
0: Uh, we're 0-5, we're, we're Ned. We're not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might be 0 seven and by
1: 48, 36 hours too.
0: Yeah, I mean Ned, when you get out to a start like this, I mean, as like a general manager, I, I can't imagine like what David Forrest and Billy Bean are thinking right now. I mean, if they lose tonight, this is this is the worst start since nineteen sixteen. The Philadelphia Athletics. W- what do you think it's like for a front office?
1: Well, it's not, it's not easy. But you know, you do have this, and this is not, this is not an excuse or nothing. You, you know, you've got. Six more months. You know, this is not the end of it. This will show you some weaknesses and show you some some things you need to shore up. But it's 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 truly not the, at the end of a season or like you're in dire straits. If your team is relatively healthy and you believe in the players you've got, you know what? It's a it's a bad week perhaps. But you know who knows? It's you know things can change in a minute in baseball.
0: You know the thing that I was talking about last night after the game is. And something that we we have seen for years now with this Dodger team winning the division eight straight years and winning the World Series, just the the swagger this team has, the confidence this team has, and you don't see that in a whole lot in, in especially bad teams. But just talk about what you see on a day in and day day out basis, the confidence that this Dodger team has.
1: Well, it's a, it's it's always a business approach. Don't get me wrong they have a lot of fun and they, they love being around each other but they go to work every day. They go to work every day with one thing in mind figuring out how to win that day's game. Um, they're they're really workmanlike in, in how they do it. look at last night for example um, they have Montas has got 90 pitch limit they, they say as the game as the game starts out. they get 20 they make them throw 25 pitches in the first inning. They don't have a rally. One one hitter reaches base. They have four guys hit. One of them reaches base, and it's 25 pitches to get three outs. And by the time he got the fourth out, he was at 43 pitches. That's what they do. They grind it out. They make you work. They work at what, at their craft, and they make the opposition work. And if the opposition can't meet them pitch to pitch, they'll they'll get after it. They'll they'll beat them, and and they've beaten a lot of teams. You know they. To, to have projections and to really feel that a team can win over a hundred games before I came to LA I was with one giant team that won 100 games one and really good teams and my cub days zero teams ever won 100 games but to, to, to year after year say well you know this team has got to shine at 105 110 I mean that's 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 crazy really when you think about it but it's how they go about it and they're not an old team. Most of the time when you have a team that's 18 straight, they're starting to get a little bit of age to them. They're not an old team at any way. Their best players are probably between 23 and 26, 27.
0: Well, and and I think about Corey Seager, you know, he had the Tommy John surgery and there's always been talk about going to get a, you know, a different shortstop and there you know Lindor or somebody and then you look at what he did last year where he's the MVP of the NLCS. He's the MVP of the World Series. Now he's tied for the lead already in the National League in hits and RBIs. And this kid has morphed into we don't talk enough as one of the best shortstop in all of baseball.
1: I'm gonna, I'm, I'm maybe a, I'm a little bit uh, uh, you know, taken by watching him play and having drafted him. I think he's one of the best players in baseball. If you have, and it's tough to take different segments of, of a player's career out, but if you if you happen to do that and you just took out the year he was hurt, he didn't have one surgery. He had two surgeries. He had a congenital hip issue that they fixed, and then the Tommy John surgery. You know, at any stage of anybody's life, have two surgeries in one year. You know, that's not a fun thing. That takes a physical toll, emotional toll. If you took that out of the equation. This guy's one of the best players in baseball for a while. He was third, third in the MVP voting his rookie year when he was unanimous choice as the rookie of the year. And then he got, as you just said, LCS MVP, World Series MVP, comes into camp, rakes throughout the camp, is off to this great start, goes to all fields, has got power to all fields. can take a walk, can drive the ball down the line for an extra base, can drive it in the gap for an extra base understands the, you know, the shortstop put, is he going to win a gold glove? Probably not. But does he know how to play the position? And does he have that clock that every good infielder has got to know what he's got to do and when he's got to do it? He's one of the best players in the game, I believe. And it's, there's a lot of reasons why. Plus, and this is, this sometimes gets lost in it. He knows how to win. He's a winning player. There's a lot of great players that have got great numbers Have they ever won? Do they ever win? Do they ever get to the postseason? Do they ever get to the World Series? Do they ever win a World Series? He knows how to win, too. Another big characteristic, I think, of a championship player at a championship game.
0: You know, that is a great point because our game is, you know, such about the individual and such about the data and the numbers, you know, the old cliche back of the baseball card. But, Ned, there just are some guys that they are more about winning games than they are their stats. The stats are just a part of it. But for them, it's about winning day in and day out.
1: That's that's just him, and, that, and that's who he is. And, that, and he's not the only one. They're loaded with it. And they've probably done something that, that I have not seen done until – I mean, I watch this team play every day. The last four or five years, besides really grinding out almost every bat, you'll rarely see them chase a pitch out of a strike zone. But what they also do is they are so welcoming to a young player. They give a young player every opportunity. They don't make them earn it. They make them work, and they, they got to they gotta pay attention to how things are done. But they, but they don't force the young player into anything that's like, you know, if this guy's not talking to me. This guy won't, you know, won't give me a chance. This guy, you know, it's, it's all real. When Max Muncy, obviously you know Max from the yeah. Oakland days. Okay. And he was in, in AAA for the Dodgers one year. never came up. The next year, he came up. And if you look at his first week or 10 days, and I haven't done this for a while, so I may be a little bit off, but I think I got it right. He really struggled offensively. A lot of teams, you got a 26, 27-year-old player you picked up. Uh, really, he was at home uh, you know, going going back to Baylor, going back to school. And he didn't go to the big leagues the whole, the whole first year as a Dodger in the, in the organization. They gave him time, and they were patient with him. And what they get? 35 home runs, 35 home runs, big year last year, a lot of power. They're patient. Look at the kid last last night, Zach McKinstry, 33rd-round pick from Central Michigan University, three RBIs last night, inside the park homer the other day. Superstar player? Probably not. But if I was writing a scouting report on Zach, first two words I would write, baseball player. And they welcome, they welcome everybody. And you got May last night, Gonsolin's on the, on the IL right now, but another really good young pitcher, Uh, Julio, who he signed when I was still a GM uh, as a 16 year old and now he's 24, 25. Uh, You missed his start the other day, Uh, but you know, another one, and he's a fourth starter. You know, if you saw last night's game, that's not a bad fifth starter you're running out there. <laughs> yeah. The fourth and the fifth guy would be at the top of most rotations. <laughs>
0: yeah, your, your fifth guy's throwing 100 miles an hour with sink.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, with a great, with a better, you know, getting,
1: and he has not even reached his peak yet. He's probably 60% to the, to the finished product.
0: How many guys on this roster are left that you either drafted or signed?
1: Oh, goodness, I don't know. Uh, Justin Turner I signed. Um, the drafts were Corey and Clayton was my first pick in, 0- in 06. Uh, Kenley, I-, I moved from being a catcher, and he argues with me all the time. He would have been an all-star catcher. <laughs> I said, not because of the bat, you know. And uh, I said, you're would have you going to get to the big leagues as a catcher. There will be 45 teams in the big leagues. But turn turned into the all-time greatest <laughs> L.A. closer. Um, Bellinger. Seager, Kenley was, was here, but I moved from behind the plate to the mound. Uh, Kirsch, my first pick. Um, who else? Uh, U- Urias and, and Gonzalez, left-handed reliever. Uh, there's probably a few more. And a lot of guys where they acquire through trade, where they use, use players at, uh, you know, I've been there during my tenure, but uh, you know, they've done great and they've done great. And when you look at who they trade when they get to July 31st, they'll trade some players. But but they're not trading anybody that is going to be a superstar some other place. So you, They hang on to their guys.
0: You, you had to be proud. When they won the World Series, I mean, obviously, y- y- you've meant a, a huge part to this roster and how this roster is made up. How proud were you when they won the World Series? Oh,
1: you know, very much so. You know, uh, I've been in the game a long time, been to the series with the Giants once, and then uh, three times here. Uh, and, and, finally won, you know, my, my kids told me it was the 14,179th day of my career. So, I mean, it meant, it means a lot. And to know the people and to, you know, to get notes from, from a lot, you know, most of the guys I just, just mentioned and, and others who were around last year, uh, you know, JT sends me this beautiful note that, you know, um, you might be thanking us for winning the world series, but we all thank you for bringing us all together and, and putting the foundation in place you know, that's great stuff. Again, I, you know, I'm, I've been blessed beyond measure in my life and my career. So I just, uh, I celebrate when other people celebrate and I get joy out of other people's
2: celebrations.
0: You know, some, uh, Joe Davis broadcaster for your Dodgers made a great point that, you know, when you win the world series, it's obviously tough to repeat. I mean, we haven't seen a team repeat in the national league since the big red machine, but maybe just maybe, the Padres adding everything that they did in the offseason, one of the teams to win the offseason, and all the hype around the Padres, could that be something that keeps this Dodger team focused and hungry and that new rivalry between the Dodgers and the Padres?
1: I, I think so. I think the, the rivalry will always be the Giants. But I think, you know, you got San Diego. They've been in the league a long time. Obviously, when I was a GM and, and Kevin Towers, God bless him, was was in San Diego, you know, a lot of competition there. I think that that helps a little bit. I think there's a, there's other things that, that probably play even a stronger role in, in the hunger aspect of it. One is just the composition of who the people are because they do want to win. They're not satisfied with this far from it. And, and when you look at last year and all the trials and tribulations that the world went through and sports went through and fans went through you know, they didn't have a typical World Series celebration. They didn't have a parade. They didn't, you know, win any of the LCS or, or World Series games in Dodger Stadium. Uh, when they played here early in the postseason in L.A., they, you know, there were no fans allowed. You know, so they, they kind of missed out on, on on that feeling, that emotion and I've, you know, they've talked about it too. They say, you know what we we need another one right right here right now because of a lot of reasons. First, it's it's what we play for. But secondly, you know, we didn't have a chance to do what other teams do and And I think they're hungry for that too. And Dave Roberts has done a great job. He's been really good at at so many different things and managing personalities. You know, the managerial role is used to be. From the first pitch to the last pitch, not as as much managing that goes on from the last pitch to the next first pitch uh, than anything. Trying to keep everybody focused and to keep everybody hungry with what they're trying to do and uh, platooning players. And you know you'll see very few players that don't get days off. You know the the last two games in Colorado, you had Bellinger and Mookie off, you had Seager off, you had JT off, you had four guys off, two and two, Saturday and Sunday. Most, you know, and back in the day, those guys would be saying, what are you taking me out for? But he's managed the personalities, managed the expectation. He's averaged, if you, if you took last year and prorated it out to a regular 162-game season, this man has averaged 99 wins a season for five years. Wow! Think about that. <laughs> Who does that?
0: the Yan- done, nobody's done that. The, the old 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 yankee teams that beat everybody up every single year yeah maybe in the 20s yeah, the
1: 27 <laughs> yankees and those guys but not even you know maybe they maybe the yankees with joe managing them at the in the end of the last century you know in 98 to, to 201 or 202 i guess but uh It's interesting. It's a a, a very interesting group to watch all the time.
0: Ned, you're the best. We always appreciate your time when you come here on A's Cast Live because we got not only A's fans, but we got a lot of baseball fans who who remember your days, your great days with the Giants. So thank you so much for your time. Be safe, and let's talk soon.
1: Thank you. It's always an honor to talk to you, and I love the Bay Area. And uh, Billy Bean, I've known Billy a long time. I wish him and David all the best.
0: We want to thank Jim Leland, Robbie Grossman, and Ned Coletti. And that'll do it for A's Unfiltered. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio.
4: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...